I'm Brian. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. The Major Spoilers Podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers. And we will go into detail about the topics we discuss. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. In this episode... We interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast to bring you this special feature presentation. Okay, we're going to take a break from our regular panel this week and kind of bring in a mystery guest. So, mystery guest, tell us, what do you do? I read stuff. And where are we located? At this moment, we are at Huntoon and Gage in Topeka, Kansas, at lovely, fabulous gatekeeper hobbies, asking that musical question. And remember, if you come in every Sunday, you get my full guarantee. Any comic you buy, if it gets torn in half, you get to keep both halves. Excellent. And the all-important question, do you bag and board, or you just leave them on the floor? All of the above. I bag everything. The books that I consider special or the books that cost me a little more, I will bag and board, and then I just leave them on the floor. Taken just like me, man after my own heart. And the biggest important question uh, this week, mystery guest, who is your favorite Legion of Superheroes member? Block. Ah, so listeners, if you figured this out already, we're talking with none other than Matthew Peterson, writer extraordinaire at the Majorspoilers.com website, and the person behind all of those hero histories that everyone loves. Directly behind, actually. I'm, I'm standing to the left of Invisible Kid, if you look real close. Yeah, he's being very quiet today, thank goodness. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, Legion of Superheroes. And the Legion of Superheroes has gone through a lot of changes, and they're so complex. If anyone's read the hero histories that we've been doing on the Legion of Superheroes, you know that we just won't be able to cover everything in 35, 40 minutes. So we're going to take a broad view of this uh, right now and kind of talk about some things that Matthew and I think about the Legion of Superheroes. And uh, then we'll get a, in the future get in more in-depth on specific characters or specific arcs or specific events that shape the Legion of Superheroes history. Now, I've known Matthew for a long time. I think I met him, I think, the day that I went up to tour university, went way back in the uh, late 80s, and you were the first person that I met. And the first day of the first class of our first college experience, we all walked into Introduction to Broadcasting together, and we looked around and went, God, these guys are creepy looking. Yeah, and... Matt with his big fedora and cheesy grin uh, is enough to scare anybody. But one of the things that always surprised me, and I was just moderately into comics at that time, but Matthew had amassed a huge collection of comics. And the ones that he kept trying to push off on me were Legion of Superheroes. And at the time, if we look at the Legion of Superheroes, they went through starting back in the Silver Age, and that group of of Legion just essentially grew older. And so by the time Matthew was trying to force these down upon me, uh, they were actually quite old. And I just couldn't get into the fact that here's a bunch of old people having these very angsty experiences uh, everywhere they went. And so I kind of classify the Legion in three different groups. We've got the Silver Age Legion, which, you know, I think are kind of mean, if you think about it. I mean, here you've got these guys playing tricks on one another that were very mean-spirited. You've got this one issue where Jimmy Olsen, his girlfriend, dumps him, and so three of the Legion of Superheroes girls come from the future, and they're all fawning all over him. Oh, Jimmy Olsen, you're so great. And then at the end of the issue, at the end of the issue, they're back in their secret walled-off fortress, soundproof, uh, listening-proof, everything-proof, and they're like, oh, ha, ha, how would anyone think that we would be in love with Jimmy Olsen? 
Well, to some degree, you have to take that back to everything that was in comics at the time in the 1958 to 1964 period. It was all DC and it was all Superman fooling Lois with his identity and going, oh, ha ha, what a silly female. And Batman trying to trick his villains into, you know, or saying your name backwards. Uh, uh, that would be Recklich Nivets, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I can't say mine or else I'll go back to the fifth dimension. But the part of that cruelty was part of comics at the time were for kids. And the whole point was nobody knows that I'm secretly Superman. Ah, ha, ha, you're all idiots. Right. And uh, in fact, that's where we first encounter the Legion of Superheroes is in uh, Superboy, right? Adventure Comics number 247, where the Superboy uh, stories used to run. Uh, I think it was April of 58, give or take. And so essentially the story was, and it was kind of in a way retold, not the exact same story, but it was kind of retold in um, Superman, the adventure, the animated series of Superman, where uh, Superman's just your Superboy or Tom Welling Prime or however you want to say it. Uh, is, Please don't is, sue us, DC. <laughs> or actually, the Schuster State, don't sue us. You. Uh, you know, he's bemoaning, oh, I'm so alone, I'm so alone, nobody gets me, oh, I've got these superpowers, how I wish I would meet other people. <laughs> Part of the cruelty that you talk about is there, though, too, because at the beginning, the story starts with Cosmic Boy and Lightning Boy, who later became Lightning Lad, which is a much better name. Don't even get me started on Livewire. But Cosmic Boy and Lightning Boy and Saturn Girl... They play these immense Shreks, these jokes on Superboy to make him think that he's failing, that he's not good enough for their amazing Legion. And then at the end, there's the big reveal of, oh, yeah, you were our inspiration all along. Sorry to have, you know, messed with you like that. And I'm thinking we're, we're just really happy that Ma and Pa Kent gave him some patience to not just punch them all in the face and leave a fine red mist in their wake. Well, I think and we kind of have to watch what Superboy wishes for because, you know, later on he wishes that, oh, I wish I had a brother or somebody that I could share my superpowers <laughs> with. And lo and behold, Monel crashes to Earth and we get this great fabulous story that's kind of like a, a bad Twilight Zone episode yep. where at first he's like, oh, great, everything's wonderful. And it's like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> This You're guy, taking all my stuff. It's it's kind of like the uh, the cousin. Uh, what was the cousin on uh, cousin, Brady Bunch? Cousin Oliver. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, he shows up and starts doing all the chores for everybody. And suddenly, hey, wait a minute! I don't like this guy anymore. Let's see what happens if I expose him to kryptonite. <laughs> oh, wait a minute! He's not allergic to kryptonite. He's allergic to lead. Oh, this isn't my cousin after all. This is Monel. Let's send him off to the Phantom Zone for a hundred million years. Uh, so we kind of have to watch what Superboy wishes for. And the thing about that that's awesome to me is that uh, who honestly hasn't wanted to stick their siblings in a room with some kryptonite and just point and laugh as they slowly fall to the floor? <laughs> really? But so the big question then is at what point – I mean Legion at one point was probably very popular, Legion of Superheroes. But at some point it started to fall more towards the hardcore readership to where it's like, okay, let's let these guys age naturally. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you kind of introduced me to Legion and what was going on during this history. I mean, this is the same Legion. We haven't had a reboot yet at this point. But it it was almost like a a soft edit or or a a test run for a reboot because Legion Volume 3 ended on basically at the end of what they called the Magic Wars. And really, that changed everything about the Legion. They'd always been the shiny future, the heavy technology. And the next issue that came out opened with a page that said five years later. 
So it was, it was not only the precursor of the reboot, but it was the precursor of 52's one year later storyline. And they introduced 52 or in Infinite Crisis or? Well, I, well, not 52, I guess. 52 filled in the missing year, but that okay. jump forward sure. in DC's future. And then we, I mean, they open with characters that we barely recognize, and they're not only going by their real names, which most of them are in jokes. If you ever noticed Ultra Boy, who was swallowed by a whale, his name is Joe Na. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're going by their real names, and none of them have costumes, and it's this very dark, dystopian future. And each character, as they're reintroduced, you go, hey, wait, that's Chameleon Boy, or that's Colossal Boy. And the thing that really sells it and, you know, hurts to me, and my wife mocks me because when I was doing the first, actually the second hero history, I got to the point, the, the, tr the real turning point for me is when Roxas the Butcher murders Block. Mm. And when I was doing that sequence and writing the sequence and editing the panels, my wife was mocking me for tearing up as Block is being killed. And I'm like, they blew his head off, honey! <laughs> and that's in, the that's in the current Legion of Superheroes run right. that, that we see right now. But at some point, we had this big DC event called Zero Hour, where essentially, was it the Time Trapper and a bunch of – and, and Wave Rider and, and, of course, this great monarch character who's not Hank Hall but was the Atom, but no, wait, he's Hank Hall again. Yeah. Not Hank Hall or, or Hawk. Uh, is restarting the universe. And, and that kind of rippled forward through time until we got to Legion of Superheroes and we had this series reboot in the uh, mid-'90s. And this is where we get to what you'll see on the forums a lot or on the articles a lot when we're talking about Legion of Superheroes, the uh, Archie Legion. And it's called the Archie Legion. It didn't actually start out that way because uh, the art was still kind of following up from the series before. But then we have these very younger-looking I wouldn't say teenagers. I say always mid-20s. Right. And this is the legion that I actually got into because here we had a group of people that are starting to build and starting to get to, one, to know one another. I like the art immensely. And we also had two legion titles out at the same time. We had Legion of Superheroes, right. and then we had Legion. And then, of course, there was, I think, Science Police was another spinoff that they had. But the cool thing about this was you had to read both issues in order to get the complete story. And we started getting into some great characters like Gates, right. uh, like uh, Lightning uh, Livewire when he got his name change. And XS. Don't forget XS. She came from that iteration as well. Yeah, which tied into uh, Bart Allen with what he was doing with uh, – with Impulse and the Flash line, and flat, in fact, the future Flash and past Flash, it tied a lot into uh, these Legionnaires at that time got thrown back in time, or some of them did, for uh, Final Night. Mm -hmm. Or was it the Final Night? Was that the... It was Final Night. It was a long arc. The Le I think about half the Legion was back for the better part of two years' worth of issues. Mm -hmm. And they were part of the Final Night crossover, and they were all present when Superman turned into a disco electric uh, bondage Superman there for a while, whatever was going on there. But the thing about that version of the Legion that started off really well was they retold the old stories with a new twist and a more modern twist. Rather than a bunch of kids being allowed to run rampant, the United Planets formed the Legion to corral all these super-powered teens, and I say teens, because to me, in that version, Invisible Kid looked like he was 14, 15. And, and what was cool about it, was he the one that had the, the Invincible logo on his, on his jacket long before? He had, it looked like the Image logo to me, and I thought it was such a bold move for DC to make to go, not only are we not afraid of our competitor, we're going to stick it on his chest. <laughs> but, I mean, to that, you know, to that end, they started retelling the stories. And one of their major missteps to me was when they started retelling stories like The Sun Eater, 
they started telling it very closely to the pre-crisis continuity, but then there'd be a little twist at the end. So then you'd have to think, well, this is supposed to be less complicated, but now I have two versions of the same story with the same characters that only diverge slightly at the end. So now if you're an old school Legion fan, and God help me, I am, <laughs> you've got two versions of events to remember. So it's actually more complicated than less complicated. And the other major misstep that I think they did was that they took away one of the major elements of that original Legion was everybody has something to contribute. You take right. Tenzel Kem, Matter Eater Lad, and they sidetracked him as being the cook and the Legion commissary. And they sidetracked Bouncing Boy, Chuck Tane, who to me is, is one of the defining figures of the Legion. It's it, the fat kid who makes good and stands next to Monel and Tom Welling, and people don't laugh and say, what's he doing there? They say, that's Bouncing Boy. He's an honored Legionnaire. Mm-hmm. So they, to me, that was a misstep. But they retold the stories, and they did it in a manner to make it more to what was going on in the times in the 90s, but also in the future. What, what I think is interesting about this time period is if you kind of think about what a lot of people on some other message boards, and we wrote a story about this up on Major Spoilers not too long ago, um, one of the things was, well, shouldn't DC have an ultimate version of, of DC, an ultimate DC universe? Well, this Archie Legion is, if you think about it, kind of like the ultimate legion if we were to put them into an ultimate universe i I would agree with that especially uh, on the streamlining of the costumes if you look at the legion's costumes during that area were a uniform Mm -hmm. they had the same you know basic costume and each one got to uh basically i said basically five times in seven sentences i must be vamping now each one got to customize their uniform and make it a little bit different and that actually came from the pre-crisis legion when they had the SW6 clone teenage mutant ninja legion and now i'm yeah, just so i'm confusing really, myself he's yeah. even throwing me off uh, yes. ladies and gentlemen so i mean this well, is how deep that the legion how deep it goes into well and you know we talk about there to me there are three basic legions there's the the original pre-crisis legion right but if you break that down there are about six different versions of that legion there's the the adventure comics then there's the Action Comics Legion, where it became really popular. Mm-hmm. Then in their own title. And then there's, you know, the Levitz uh, and uh, Giffen reboot period right in there, which mm-hmm. was really popular. Then there's the post-five-year Gap Legion. So, I mean, if you really break it down, there are many different takes on the characters and many different takes even before they did the reboot on the way the legion works and so that kind of brings us up to where we are now with the current incarnation or as matthew and probably a lot of other people have named it the wkrp legion which is the wade kirkson reboot period is that what it stands for the wade kitson reboot period also known as the three boot where they've taken it once again and they've they've taken aspects of the characters both the pre-crisis and post-crisis or post-zero hour I guess I should say legion and combined them into something that once again is the future of the time in which it came from and I know that doesn't make sense but back when the legion was in the you know the 50s and everything was bright and shiny you had a bright and shiny legion future and then in the 70s when things were a little darker you had a dark but still bright and shiny legion future right, and right. as it goes along the book tries to be more contemporary by saying this is what might happen a thousand years from now and they have Right now, the Legion in the current incarnation is not so much a team as it is a youth movement where all the young people are allowed to call themselves Legionnaires. And I believe in the first issue, they said that the team motto was, Eat it, Grandpa. <laughs> well, one of the things that I'm, I'm not really sure, what's really different about this Legion is the take on the characters. For example, Colossal Boy is not really somebody who's 
human size that can grow to purport, you know, huge proportions. He's a huge person that can shrink down to normal size. Right. And then you've got uh, Triplicate Girl, who is or triad or whatever that they're calling her in this boot. She's triplicate girl here. So she actually comes from a planet where she's cloned herself, where she's able to uh, make copies of herself millions of times over to repopulate the planet. And here she was sent to Earth or um, the Legion headquarters, Mm -hmm. just three of her. And then there's this great story in there where she goes back to her home world, and they're kind of like, no, you're not really part of us anymore. You don't belong here. You don't belong with the Legion. It's it's certainly a different take. Uh, In fact... uh, You've got, um, I think, who is it? Uh, not Invisible Girl. Is that who we have in this boot? No, no. Uh, the one that, that uh, made contact with um, with Monel in the Phantom Zone was that Phantom, Phantom Girl. Girl. Okay. Phantom Girl. One of the things that I really like is that in the Age of Irony, they've gone back to names like Triplicate Girl and mm-hmm. Phantom Girl, and they're wearing them these these very Silver Age names and just taking them and making them feel up-to-date because of the fact that they're so retro. But Phantom Girl, in one issue, actually, she has historically been from an alternate dimension, which is spelled B-G-T-Z-L, which I always pronounce Bug Tussle, <laughs> which is where Granny Clampett was from, for those listening. <laughs> but she uh, lives in both dimensions, and at one point right, she's right. having a conversation, and Invisible Kid thinks she's talking to him, right. but she's actually talking to her boyfriend at home in Bug Tussle. And she's, you know, in between, and she doesn't really fit in in either world because her attention is constantly split between both dimensions. Yeah, and I thought that was a great issue, too, because she's just jumping back and forth. And and at one point, you know, in the, I guess in the Archie Legion, you start to see there's some identity issues with some of these characters that they're really having a hard time coping. I mean, you've got Gates, and then you've got the, what, the female version of Block? Is that what we had in, in that <laughs> Bricka, version? Bricka. Bricka. And it was just very weird that... You know, here are these people that are, are certainly a team, but they are having their own issues as well. And now we're seeing that again in this three boot in the WKRP Legion with some of these exact same stories. The big question is, who are the characters that we haven't seen? Now, certainly we've gotten a hint of Matter Eater Lad in one of the current uh, storylines. The Matter Eater Lad moment to me, and it will always be the definition of the difference between the original Legion and the new three boot, is the moment where someone sticks a finger in Matter Eater Lad's face. And he tells you, do it again, and I'll bite it off. And uh, two issues later, down the line, the character does the same thing. Matter Eater Lad calmly bites his finger off, spits his out, and says, I told you I'd do that. It's kind of a more sophisticated take. It still takes the ridiculousness of eats matter in all of its forms, but ties it to a character who is so capable, to I mean, arrogant almost, mm-hmm. to where you look at you know matter eating as not just a power that's something he could be useful, but a power that's actually cool. When he does that to somebody, you know, you, you look at that and you think that's almost Matter Eater Lad's Wolverine moment. Yeah, and, well, I guess what's really interesting is, you know, I don't know the quote-unquote real names of all of these characters. I know them as, you know, Saturn Girl, uh, Matter Eater Lad, all these other things. So when he's introduced as essentially this, I don't know, businessman, right. lawmaker he a, guy. He's a lawyer, yeah. Arbitrator Tenzel Kim. Yeah, and so I'm not, you know, Tenzel Kim. It doesn't strike anything in my mind because I'm not a huge know-everything reader about that. But then all of a sudden they go to the planet and he's in that grain room and they just dump all the grain on him and you see this hand sticking out one issue. Oh, well, so much for him. And then the next issue he's exiting the chamber <laughs> and he's going burp and, you know, he doesn't got a full gut and everything. I think that's part of the, uh, I guess, part of the interesting aspect of of this series is rediscovering who all of these characters are again 
And that's one of the things that I'm really enjoying about the way they're they're laying out the new series is they started issue one with our point of view character with Invisible Kid or Lyle. Lyle Norg, mm-hmm. Eyewitness News. He just sounds like a newscaster to me. But Lyle comes in and then we're introduced to the Legion through his perception. But we get little bits and pieces of the way the characters perceive themselves. And I've um, the moment with the real defining moment to me for Ultra Boy, for instance, we see him flying around and punching things. He goes on, in one issue on a date with Triplicate Girl, mm. and she's trying to figure him out. And he's finally like, look, I'm not that complicated. Here's the deal. I'm really, really strong. I can hit anything I want, and it would take me about half an hour to ruin you for all other men. <laughs> and she says, that's a great line. And Ultra Boy just says, it's not a line. <laughs> That's, I mean, that's the moment where you go, okay, this is Ultra Boy, and they've got him down. They, uh, right. Christopher Bird always said Ultra Boy is Han Solo with superhuman strength. They nailed it right there with that one moment. And I think that the new Legion really is distilling. It's kind of like the ultimate Legion. To, you know, the, the new version distills right. everything that we liked about the, the previous 47 years of Legion and takes all the good parts and puts them right up front where you want. But are they telling – they're not uh, – from what I've been reading, mm-hmm. and I've been reading it since it, the issues came out, it doesn't seem like they're retelling any old stories from, from the past. Or are they and I just don't see it? I don't think so. I mean it's, it's an entirely new take. And I think they may have – like I said, they may have looked at it from the perspective of, well, now we have – two Sun Eater stories, and we mm-hmm. have two Time Trapper stories, and two Mordru fights that go on forever. In some cases, three with the Mordru situation. But when you break it down, the new version of the Legion is trying to take the characters and tell entirely new stories. And to me, that may be part of the reason why they're not as beloved yet. I mean, they are, they are definitely new. But their stories, to some degree, the Legion fans... We've been conditioned to go, oh, wait, it's a reboot again. Let's see how they're going to tell the story this time. Well, and so this kind of brings into a, a thing is you being a Legion fan from forever and me being a Legion fan from the 90s. Right. Uh, now suddenly we had this excellent, what I think is probably one of the best stories of the year with JLA and JSA with the Lightning Saga. Right. And it's really built as a mystery where here all of a sudden – here are the, I would say, the older Silver Age Legion are back, and it's actually pulling off of a story that you would have had to have read when Lightning Lad died from the Silver Age and how they brought him back and how somebody was going to have to die, and they kind of retell that story in modern times. And then in the pages of Superman, suddenly, instead of the Legion coming from the future to the past, and in fact, Karate Kid sticking around, now we have... Superman going to the future, and it's the same Legion that he grew up with when, as, a, as Tom Welling. Mm-hmm. And suddenly he is confronted with a red sun. He has no powers and all this thing that's going on. How does that fit into what's going on? See, and that's the thing. They, during the Lightning Saga, they touched on an untold Legion story. I think Starboy or Starman, forgive me. I always call him Starboy because it's <laughs> – but Starman – Well, in fact, isn't Starman – he's from he's from Kingdom – Com- or not Kingdom Come, but he's from a different uh, universe altogether. Starboy. The Starboy who was in the pre-Crisis Legion, according to Alex Ross, grew up and ended up in the, King- the Kingdom Come storyline. Right. And that is the same Starman who came back in time to join the JSA. So this is actually the pre-Crisis Tom Callor Starboy – 
as an adult, but he referenced a story called The Legion of Three Worlds. Mm. Now, if you look at it from his Legion, the original Legion, right. and if you look at the reboot Legion, he referenced XS at one point, mm-hmm. which means that either his world had an XS or he interacted with the post-reboot kinet- kinetics, no, excuse me, continuity with XS. And if we take into account that there's now the three-boot Legion, but here's the thing. The Legion that Kara Zor-El, the current Supergirl, interacted with right. is not the same Legion that Cal is talking to and going forward yeah. in the action comics. Yeah. Now, I think it, the simple answer is probably going to be 52 or pick your favorite. Right, right. That's what I was thinking. Multiverse is the answer. I had always said to me that maybe the Silver Age Legion was the future of Earth 2, even though the time frame is off. And if you take into account their first appearance was in 1958, that is technically before the Earth-1, Earth-2 concept showed up. So who's to say that, you know, Kal-El wasn't going forward into the future of Earth-2 or Earth-9 or Mm -hmm. Earth Mm (laughs) 6.75392? But it's fascinating to me to look at this Legion in action comics. It's a wonderful story, but if you look at it, it's scary. It, it, it's scary, and it has to take off from a point in time before the last time we saw the pre-crisis legion. Right. It has to be a divergence of that original legion. So technically, this is Legion three point five or one dot one, perhaps. Marty, you can't go back in time. You're going to create two alternate timelines. It's your kids, Marty. We got to help your kids. Ah, <laughs> oh, Admiral Kirk. <laughs> You There's... don't want to give me the Genesis device. <laughs> Okie doke. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's an old taxi it, reference for those of you. Anyway. It, uh... it was the 70s, kids. <laughs> Things were different then. Uphill both ways. So what's going to happen? Are, are we going to end up with your beloved Silver Age Legion back? We better. Or, or are we going to end up with WKRP Legion? Or are we going to come up with a fourth reboot to the series after the end of Final Crisis. Well, now that you mention it, I don't know if you're reading a little comic called Legion of Superheroes in the 31st Century. Technically, we have a fourth reboot, the cartoon continuity appearing in comic book form, but Mm -hmm. that may make it too complicated. What I think we will see, and what I would like to see, is I would like to see the Legion of Three Worlds story and see what it means, and if it means that my Legion... The old Legion with, you know, Monel, and you have to say it right, because Monel, much like Scott Shaw, has to be said as though there's an exclamation point at the end. Monel! Monel! Not to be confused with Valor. Right. But it, well, in 1996, when Valor became Monel, I walked around the house saying, Monel, for a week, and my <laughs> wife hated me. But with Monel and Block and Matter Eater Lad as a costumed member of the Legion who saved the universe single handedly, no fewer than three times. <laughs> But Check out the Hero Histories for the inside story on that. Published every Sunday night or whenever I get to them. But the <laughs> you can take that Legion and you can have my Legion and you can have the, the reboot Legion. What some would – I'll say Archie Legion, but I think that's a little derivative. And I think the only reason why they call it Archie is because they have that youthful look, the smooth lines. You don't see right. all the artistic detail. And also because Dragon Mage looked like Jughead for about six <laughs> issues. He didn't wear the crown, but I'm telling you, you go look side by side. But in any case, you can have your Legion that you loved when you right, were younger, right. my Legion, and you can have the three-boot Legion, and you can take your chocolate and your peanut butter, and you can have three great tastes that taste weird together. But I, what I would ideally like to see is at least an explanation, ne- not even necessarily an ongoing series, but maybe a capstone to Kal-El's adventures with that original Legion. Yeah. Even if it's the last Legion story. One of the things that I'm liking about Countdown is 
when you go to a different Earth, now that we have the multi-Earth, the multiverse back, when you go to a different Earth, on the cover they're putting a little globe symbol with what Earth you're going to. I would really, really like to see, as confused as I was as a kid when I was introduced to the concept of the multiverse, going, huh, what? If they would just put that little symbol on the front to say, hey, now you're in Earth, or now you're in Universe 1, where the current three-boot WKRP Legion is, Mm -hmm. or now you're in Earth 27, where... Uh, or Earth-2 where the Silver Age Legion was, or Earth-27 where maybe uh, Archie Legion was. I think that would be great, although it would be very confusing. It would be one of those things that they say is always the worst part of the Legion is the the sheer continuity involved. Mm -hmm. But uh, in Infinite Crisis, they did establish on panel that the reboot Legion existed on Earth-247 from Adventure Comics 247. The moment, just for one panel, they go, okay, you guys like this series? Okay, we'll pretend it really happened. And Shikari flies into panel and says, oh, I finally found you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we go back to the past, and it's just one of like, here's your bone, Legion fans. Now go away. Okay, so as you can tell, the Legion is so in-depth. And and really, I would really suggest if you want to kind of get into who are the Legion, what they're about, check out the hero histories that we've been writing or that Matthew's been writing up on uh, Majorspoilers.com. It really fills in a lot of the backstory. And I think it will give you a good start into doing it. Now, that brings up the next question, Matthew. Mm -hmm. There are several collections of Legion stories. You've got the uh, color-bound, these archive editions that only feature like maybe three to six issues apiece. I think that's probably where you're referencing a lot of your stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you have these showcase editions. There's only one out. It's black and white. It's 500 pages, though. Mm -hmm. But it contains the same information as these other collected versions. Which one should, should readers go for? I would definitely start with the showcase version because when i really started getting into the legion it was right about the time of the great darkness saga but one of the things that dc was doing in the 80s was adventure comics was existing as a reprint comic in a digest size of old legion stories and you get 10 or 12 at a time and you could just read these you know at an immense clip and you could just ingest tons of legion minutia all at once and then if you get to the point where you go, I really want to read these in color, and I have $70 that I just, you yeah. know, it's burning a hole in my pants, you can buy the archive editions. And I would like to correct you. I have four archive editions. Oh, okay. I, I'm just in love with the Showcase Presents, even though it's black and white. Yeah. It just gives you a really quick, here's everything you need to know. It's the story. It's the art minus color. Right. And really, unless you want to know that uh, Chameleon, or not Chameleon Boy, that Brainiac is green and Chameleon is orange and they have different colored suits, you're not really missing out on anything. And some of the, I mean, some of the original stories, if you look at them, and you'll, I mentioned this in the Brainiac 5 storyline, they've been recolored when they're reprinted anyway. Mm-hmm. There's one sequence from Adventure number 247. I've seen it five times in five different reprints. In four of them, there's a character colored in a purple jumpsuit and green face as Brainiac 5. But if you go to the original, that character is a standard pink pink orange skin with yeah, yeah. Bl- brown hair and I'm thinking somebody went back and was trying to do a little bit of retcon work of their own so the color really isn't as important as just sitting down and saying okay I'm a kid and it's 1957 what do I want to read yeah and so beyond block who do you think is probably the best legion member out there it's a tie and you're not going to be surprised when I say a tie between Tenzel Kem the mighty matter eater lad and I believe his his full name, uh, Bouncing Boy, would be. Oh my God, I've forgotten Bouncing. No, a, <laughs> I really did not forget his name. Anyway, Bouncing Boy and Matter Eater Lad. For me, they really define what the Legion is about because you have the most powerful people, four, five, six of the most powerful people in any universe. You have Monel, who's more powerful than Superman. Mm-hmm. You have. 
You have Tom Welling and his cousin, uh, Laura Vandevort. You have <laughs> Element Lad, who can turn one element into any other element. You have these characters with titanic powers, and they stand side by side with Matter Eater Lad and Bouncing Boy, and they say, you know, these people, these are our comrades, these are our friends, they are equally heroic. Everybody in those Legion stories has something to contribute. Even when Element Lad turns the Time Trapper ship into peppermint candy, you we know, kids, yeah. and yeah, and you can see, you know, little Matter Eater Boy going up and just <laughs> going to town on that. Matter Eater Lad is saving the day because that ship could have destroyed the universe. Who, who are the big villains that, that new readers might want to look out for? I, I'm most familiar with the Fatal Five right. uh, because those are the ones that seem to go after the Archie Legion again and again and again. Yep. But we've mentioned Time Trapper before, right. and you've also mentioned Mordu, uh, the wizard, right? right. Mordru is a huge threat. I don't know if we're going to see Mordru because Mordru was very 1970s with wings on his head hat and big purple pants. Uh, the Time Trapper, you'll see him. He's usually a guy wearing a purple bed sheet. And he's a Durlin, right? Uh, depends on who you believe. In some continuities, he's a Durlin. At one point, he was a controller. At one point, he was founding Legion member Cosmic Boy. Hmm, okay. The, the Time Trapper's very nature is to be a time anomaly. Uh, I don't believe we ever did find out who the reboot version of the Time Trapper was. But aside from the Fatal Five, you'll also see the Legion of Super Villains up here, the LSV, mm, mm-hmm. or as they call them in the cartoon, the Lightspeed Vanguard. The, the LSV is always fascinating because they'll have counterparts like Lightning Lord, who is Lightning Lad's older brother, or now Cosmic this, Now, King. these were the ones that were in the, um, the Superman-Batman series, right? The exactly. ones that came back from the, from the future that essentially brainwashed Superman. And The adult Legion of Supervillains were Cosmic King, Saturn Queen, and Lightning Lord, mm-hmm. and they came back in time. They actually were also the founders of the Legion of Supervillains. If, if you saw the beginning of the Volume 5 when I was talking about Karate Kid's death, right, right. they basically targeted, each targeted a Legionnaire. And each member of the Legion of Supervillains was kind of a counterpart at that time to an existing member of the Legion. I'm so confused. There's too much information. So That's why the hero histories are there. Exactly. And if you're really bored, come by Gatekeeper Hobbies, Huntoon Engage, Topeka. Where we promise you Dion won't be buying any more X-Factor Volume 1. <laughs> what are some specials going on here at the store? Right now, um, like I say, if you... No. We've <laughs> I know we've just replenished our trade paperback stock. We're trying to get in stock on um, all of the important trade paperbacks. Your Crisis on Infinite Earths, your Watchmen, going back to Infinite Crisis, even things like Identity Crisis, and maybe even some books that don't have Crisis in the title. Yeah, for example, I'm picking up the uh, the definitive uh, Frank Miller's Daredevil today. Exactly. Ooh. And if you come in, we, we have an extensive back issue bin, which is alphabetized and mostly uh, fulfilled with my knowledge of things. So and I've got to tell you, if you are looking for a specific issue, come in when Matthew's working, because <laughs> whenever I'm trying to fill in my back issue of Legion or Flash, he's like, oh, yeah, you're talking about this issue. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Here it is. You need Adventure 313. Just please don't ask me if I have the one where Batman fights the Joker. <laughs> I, I call that the B section, and it's right over there between the A and yeah, C. Yeah, Batman and Matthew just for some reason don't uh, don't it, align for some reason. It's not that I hate the man. He's, he's it, it's it's just I have a friend who if you tell her a movie is wonderful, she will immediately say she doesn't want to see it uh, because ever read the what is it Diesel Sweethearts or whatever it is? The I don't believe so. Uh, you got There's a character that's just just you anti whatever is popular. <laughs> well, the thing with Batman is not that I don't like him, but if you tell me Batman is wonderful because he has no superpowers, I will, I will write you a five-page essay on what constitutes a superpower. Because I can tell you right now, as a man in his 30s, the stuff that he does 
You, you don't do if you're just Joe Schmucko who's been working behind a desk. And if I had the ability to write unlimited checks, I too could be the Batman. I'd call Jack Lalonde and I'd call the guy who does the liposuction. <laughs> I'd buy myself a Batmobile and a helmet and I'd be out there on the streets fighting crime and or going to jail. And you'd be uh, buying the indoor gym from Chuck Norris. There you go. All right. So some couple of news items that we had up on the uh, Major Spoilers website. Uh, the biggest one is probably – well, there's two big ones uh, – uh, Indiana Jones getting released a little bit earlier than anticipated by making a bow at, at, at the Cannes Film Festival, which brings into the question we've got five great movies coming out this summer, almost back to back to back. We've got Iron Man, we've got Dark Knight, we've got Wanted, X-Files, and The Hulk, and Indiana Jones. Six movies, right? right? Wanted is the Angelina Jolie based on the, uh, on the comic book. Of these, Matthew, what, what do you think is the one that you're most looking forward to and what's going to be the most popular one this summer? I'm most looking forward to Iron Man because I am an old school, and I know that will surprise many of you who've read my reviews of recent Iron Man and Avengers comics, but he's, he's the one who really resonates for me from when I was a kid. Uh, Wanted, to me, is a wonderful dark story, and I really don't know how well it's going to translate, but I'm looking forward to Iron Man. I, I want to see Indiana Jones in that vague sense of, is it Indiana Jones and the Temple of Depends? <laughs> because, come on, Harrison Ford is like six. Well, but they are aging the story in real time. It's been 20 years since the last Indiana Jones movie. He's now 20 years older, and it's in the 1950s, and we've got aliens and crystal skulls and all these cool things. I don't want to spoil it all for everyone, but, you know, so, the, what, go, what's go. What's the name of the site again? Yeah, yeah, Majorspoilers.com. Okay, the other story is we've been running these uh, new ads that Marvel has been sending out. We've been posting the images of Who Do You Trust? And it shows all of our... Skrullapalooza! Yeah, or as we like to call it, Skrullapalooza. Now, the big question is, who's a Skrull? Who's not a Skrull? On my list of who is a Skrull or who should be, this is my list of who should be a Skrull. Carol Danvers, Ms. Ms. Marvel, Marvel, should be a Skrull. Okay, I agree. Okay. Um, What about Captain Marvel? Marvel is not a Skrull. But I think Marvel is a Skrull experiment. Oh, okay. I think he is a clone of the original Marvel made by Skrulls. Who is absolutely not a Skrull? Tony Stark, because it's too easy to explain away. Yeah, you know, in fact, last was it last summer or two summers ago, right in the middle of uh, the Civil War, or when the, uh, I guess, when Elektra was discovered to be a Skrull. She's a Skrull. Electro, scroll. <laughs> when it was discovered she was a scroll, everybody said, wait, wait, uh, maybe if you put Tony Stark as a scroll, that explains the whole Civil War and it explains the whole split between everybody. But Casada was like, no, 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 no. We're not going to make it that easy. And I, I, one of the things that Joe has repeatedly said online, and granted, when Joe says things online, it may be real, it may be a giant swerve. But he has said repeatedly it would be too easy to make Tony be a scroll, And I agree with that for one reason. They're writing him as ultra-future brain, the guy who sees five steps down the line. And mm-hmm. what I think is going to happen, ideally, if I were writing it, what would happen would be that Tony saw this coming and started acting squirrely himself to either draw out the real conspiracy or to act goofy enough that the other conspirators didn't know whether he was one of them or not. Because mm-hmm. one, of, one of the... One of the tenets of a good infiltration is each cell only knows what it needs to know. So if you have, you know, we, we know Elektra's a Skrull, and we've seen Skrull Thor and Skrull Ossus fighting the Avengers. And thank you, Jason, for Skrull Ossus, <laughs> yes. by the way. That's uh, almost as cool as Skrullapalooza. So we know that they are. And the reveal with Carol Danvers would make more sense because Carol's been acting screwy since the beginning of the Ms. Marvel series. She jumps back and forth. She's either a Skrull or she's bipolar, and one of the one of the other, something's got to be done. Rapid fire, Wolverine. Wah! Yes, scroll. Captain America, not a scroll. 
Um, Luke Cage. Sweet Christmas. Not a scroll. Uh, Iron Man. Not Iron Man. Yeah, we said Iron Man. Iron Man, not a scroll. Iron Fist. Not a scroll. I think that's about uh, all the. Uh, I think there was a Hercules. Oh yeah, Hercules. Hercules may be a scroll. Hawkeye. Hawkeye is a scroll. What about some villains? Any villains that might pop up as scrolls? Well, uh, Super Scroll. <laughs> Spider Man. Not a scroll. Mary Jane is a scroll. You think she's a scroll? You know who else is a scroll? Mephisto. You think they're both scrolls? I, I really thought I was driving over to the but shop it's okay today because we'll forget it tomorrow and it'll be. Yeah, I, I really think you know that'd be kind of an out. Is if Mary Jane was a scroll all this time. If she was really, if she was a scroll from like the point that she came back from Europe in Amazing Spider-Man like '99, that would be awesome. If they said she was a scroll five minutes ago, that would be terrible. J. Jonah Jameson, not a scroll, but he is a creep. Aunt May, yes, scroll. You don't come back from death fifty-seven times that frail without being a scroll. All right, and that's where we're going to end it this time. We'll be checking in with Matthew every so often to find out what's going on in the world of comics and Legion of Superheroes. We now return you to your regularly scheduled podcast, already in progress. Different. Yeah, true. Brian, what was that other question you were going to bring up of uh, for the question of the of the week that you had earlier? The one that I told you about, what town? Yeah. Oh, uh, we were talking about what city, what fictional DC city, because Marvel is tends to be set in the real world or mm-hmm. uh, sort of in sure. the real world. What fictional DC city would you want to live in, and why? You know, I always thought that Gotham City would be a cool city scary, to live in until scary. I realized it was in New Jersey. And then I said, no. Actually, uh, I think it's in well, New York. I think it's in New York is, is where it's set. I, I think both Metropolis and Gotham City are, are technically same, New York. Yeah, yeah, they're the same city, No, I, No, they? actually, Metropolis is in Jersey, I think. Oh, one of the others in, in set in New Jersey because mm-hmm. they're across the river from one another. I always thought Gotham would You're be You're kidding. A, yeah, is no, that, really, is seriously. New, is that the new thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, 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 I always thought, you know, they used to say that... You know, New York City from this street to this street would be considered Gotham City. From this street to this street would be uh, Metropolis. But then you go and you read a couple issues and you find out that, oh, yeah, they're across the river is where Metropolis is. And it's actually located in, like, New Jersey. Or maybe it's Gotham. One of those two is in New Jersey. Well, and uh, I think that's kind of – but I think the cities were originally both conceived as New York. It's sort of like in the uh, – sure. Uh, what is it? Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. There's the elevated train system. Is, right. You know, the Gotham City of that movie is basically Chicago. Right, exactly. Just from the look of it. Right. Um, and the but, fact that they shot there. but Right. But it doesn't make it any less New York sure in the original uh, sense of it. Yeah. I thought living in Gotham City would be the coolest, but then I was like, scary, crime-ridden, depressing. And I wouldn't want to live in Metropolis because that's just the opposite of that. I think if I were to live anywhere, would be either Keystone City or Central City, the home yeah. of the Flash. And both of those are like located, you know, just a couple hours away from where we're at. Essentially, Kansas City, Kansas, and Kansas City, Missouri. Although, if you look at the official map, they're located uh, several miles north of there. Right. But I always thought the idea of a of a Keystone City, especially the home of Jay Garrick, uh, was I don't know. It seems more homey. Wh- which one's the one that? Uh Green Lantern obliterated. That would be... Or that got obliterated and yeah, he yeah, recreated be, by uh, killing the corpse. Not, not That's Coast, Coast City, City, isn't it? Coast City, yeah. Uh, Coast, I, would, yeah. I, w- I would want to live there prior to that happening. <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't mind living in there during Keystone. the Sinestro Corps War. Really? Because, you know, uh, 
the Sinestro Corps is coming to destroy Coast City again and, and really just destroy Hal Jordan's mind. And, and so all the Green Lanterns get on the horn and they're like, you know, Coast City residents, please evacuate the city. We're going to do everything that we can to save you. And in just these real powerful frames, what do all the residents of Coast City do? They start finding all these uh, uh, cellophane, green cellophane, and putting it in their windows and lighting it up, green lights up to show support for Green uh, Lantern. You read cool. these pages and you're just like, oh, my God, this is like a powerful moment yeah. in the story. And you're like almost tears in your eyes of here's what people are we're, – we're behind you 100%. But I still think Keystone City would be the place I would, I yeah. would be in. What about you, Rodrigo? Um. Well, I don't know. You know, I'm there's I'm, Opal City, home of uh, Green Arrow, right? San Diego, which was fell into the ocean, home of Aquaman, right? Um, Bloodhaven, which is where uh, Nightwing hangs yeah. out, which I think would probably be the New Jersey to Batman's yes. uh, yeah. New York, yeah. But I would not want to live there. I think honestly, uh, probably Metropolis. Um, it would be like a, an exciting town to live in, especially if you consider that I probably technically live in Smallville. True. Well, technically, again, if you go back and look, years ago, Matthew told me that, uh, you know, uh, Wilson was actually Wilson. supposed to be, according to the old DC map, was supposed to be uh, where, where Smallville was. was. But if you look at the modern map, it's actually Wichita. Oh, oh I, thought it was, I thought it was north. Just north of Wichita. I always oh. thought it would be, too. But according to the current DC atlas, Wichita, Kansas, Smallville. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. well, that's Brian, why, what about you? That's why all the kids have such hip fashions. Well, well, one Way of the to things. Go, Daddy-o. Yeah, one of the things. Let's too, go get a molten. Smallville, the TV show, doesn't he get on a motorcycle, drive out of Smallville, and there's Metropolis yeah. right there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which doesn't make any sense either. You know, it's well, supposed to like be in Kansas Metropolis in Kansas, Kansas City. City, which again doesn't make sense. But yeah. well, I don't know enough about the DC universe. Probably, I mean, you got Gotham. I don't think that'd be the place to be because if Gotham was a happy, shiny place, there wouldn't be a Batman. So. You know, it, it's going to be pretty rough town to live in. Uh, Metropolis, I guess, because that's the one I know the most about. But I think um, not much happens in Keystone or Central City. I don't know. Well, maybe I can make a recommendation for you. You might want to live in uh, Opal City, the home of the Green Arrow, which is up in, like, the Seattle area. Oh. Hmm. That might be fun. Or Star City at one point was, and I forget where Star City was at, but essentially the home of where Wonder Woman hung her crown for quite a while can i live in the watchtower that would be uh in well on the moon on the moon yeah or orbiting around earth that would actually be kind of cool yeah which one is it though because in currently in the current uh situation they don't have the orbiting well depends on which issue you're reading uh just jla has an orbiting watchtower but there's also a watchtower still on the moon what what city does that groovy uh original green lantern live in with the purple cape and the red shirt red sweater gotham Gotham city really does he nice yeah rodrigo makes fun of him i think that's a really cool (laughs) there's nothing green in his outfit it's like a christmas tree he's like the blue raja (laughs) from uh, mystery man um, well, here's a question that we might want to put up in the forums. If you were a superhero, which city would you protect? And it would have to be a forums because if you just made it a poll, sure, yeah, you, know, you couldn't many. have every city in there. Well, I think it, I mean, it would depend on your sense of duty. But I think you'd have to go to the most populated place or the yeah. place, uh, you know. So if you had a, if just let's take modern day. If you were a superhero, Brian, and you suddenly discovered you had super strength. You weren't married. You were 20 years younger. 
which would put you still at 45. In, in, <laughs> you're 20, oh. in, in a diaper? I'm a super strong baby? <laughs> you're 20 years younger. What city would you just move to and start fighting crime? Well, I think, I think New York City or Los Angeles, probably New York, would be the easiest thing because you could be anonymous. I think it's easier to lose yourself, and I think they do that... I think with Marvel, um, things like Daredevil and, and you know, Spider-Man, I think they talk about it. It's, more, it's easier to be anonymous. Um, you could probably do more good. Uh, there's probably going to be more stuff happening there than any place else. So I, I think the first thought would be to go to the most populous city. I will take in vulnerability, and I will move to San Francisco. For 400, Alex. Yes. Um, I will take super speed, and I will move to Las Vegas. Really? Why Las Vegas? You know, it just seems dirty. There's probably a lot of crime to clean up there. There is actually a lot of crime. If you go off the strip, it becomes a very scary place. It's a city that understands publicity, so they would be Mm. like, boom, green means go, which would be my superhero name. (laughs) Green means go? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Um, Because Rodrigo. There you go. There you go. But you should live in San Diego. There you go. And that that could be it. Um, But they'd be like, hey, what if, uh, can can we get you to say, you know, whatever happens in Las Vegas stays in Vegas unless I catch up to it. And then I'd have my own commercials after that. Yeah, but come on. New York is the media center. That's true. You would be bigger. Would you go into being the superhero to be the publicity and the fame and fortune that goes with it? Actually, if I was actually going to be a superhero, um, I would be so incredibly paranoid. I would wear a full body outfit so that nobody could and probably try to find some way. Hopefully my powers would accommodate for this or I would have to find some way to mask my voice, leave no DNA trail behind because I would be so paranoid. So, no, actually, I would probably be more of a Batman type guy, although not nearly as cool as Batman because who can be, right? Um <laughs> And I would just be, and I wouldn't even expose my uh, manly chin. I would just, you know, Ladies, be totally Rodrigo in the shadow. Majorspoilers.com. That's 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 it. You know, the, my my secret identity is available. Yeah, Brian. But, what about you? Would you go for the publicity or lose yourself? Well, I guess it, you know part of my argument about New York is that you could lose yourself. I think it comes down to: uh, Are you invulnerable? Can no one hurt you? Because then you might just go without the mask. Someone yeah. could hurt me emotionally. Well, yeah, yeah you so know, they got go family. Af- they go after your Mary Jane or your uh, Gwen Stacy, Lois, Lois, Lois Lane. Lane. Well, yeah. well, I or guess Linda Park. Or, but well, huh? Oh, the I guess Flash's the, uh, wife. the not Rosa the Parks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, we're not going That's That's okay. No, um, but no, I guess really you think about the people who are famous are always trying to get away. Oh, leave me alone. Quit following me. So I guess you mm-hmm. would you're end Britney up. Spears. Yeah. Well, I guess you would end up probably. Would you wear panties? Yes. <laughs> outside of his, outside of the exactly, uniform. Exactly. I would, I mean, I think the hardest part would be where do you go to get a costume? And, yeah. You know? Underwear on the inside or underwear on the outside? Um, well, again, if I was going to go with super speed, I'd probably want to look like a runner. So I would probably um, go with like a one piece thing and then maybe like a cool stripe on the side. There you go. So I'm going to go with green, probably with like a yellow stripe or something like that. Because, you know, a lot of the speedsters ends up end up with red. That's been kind of done. I think we need to see a green super well, speed guy. One of the things that I like about uh, Astro City here I'm going with the one of the things all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Astro City speedster is called MPH. Yeah, which they did and, a good job of coming up with. I think he's from strange. Detroit. Yeah, too. He he's so Detroit. he's like from Motown. So he's like a car man. Well, one of the, that's one of the things that strikes me about that book is that you know 
all the good names have been taken, but yeah. they came up with some really creative, oh, yeah, strange, absolutely. but are funky names. And mm-hmm. MPH that, is kind of That cool. really work, yeah. I haven't, I've only read, I think, the first arc of Astro City years ago. But oh, pick it up again, man. There's some great stuff in Astro well, City. Matt just reviewed the latest issue, Beauty, mm-hmm. uh, for the site, and everybody just loves that. I'm going to have to pick that up. I wish I wish it would come out more often, more regular. Yeah. And one, one of the best episodes or issues of that was uh, the one that featured uh, Look Back, uh, a newspaper guy. And, and they do a really good job of anchoring the story in other things. This newspaper guy is retiring. And he's telling this story, I think, to a young reporter. And he's talking about covering um, this fight. And it was the first appearance of the Honor Guard, which is their mm-hmm. Justice League and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And what's great about it is with this team assembled, these are people we've never heard of before. And this is only like three issues in. Right. Um, but you know, they got Maxo Millions, mm. and, which is this guy I think that can grow. And I mean, they've got all of these weird named characters and they don't do a lot of explaining you can you can figure out what you want right. about them right but uh, it's it's just i think that's a well and and that's mark wade too isn't it no that's a kurt oh, busick kurt right. busick yeah yeah my uh, costume doc savage khaki pants khaki shirt T- kind of torn open torn opened. and open yeah, yeah. a mask that, no, Doc you're, Savage you're, never wears a mask. You're invulnerable, right? I'm invulnerable, so no one's going to be able to hurt me anyway. Yeah. So why do I care? Yeah. Go ahead, come at me. Come on, bring me your guns, your 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 knives. You're not going to hurt me. Well, see, I'm super Except emotionally, <laughs> ladies. I'm mm. super strong, so I'm wearing the spandex. They look like shorts, but then they go oh, up yeah, yeah, over yeah. the top, and I've got the curly mustache uh, and the bald head. <laughs> and, and you're the pugilist. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your name? The pugilist? That'd be great. And would, and, and you have the, the little uh, uh, weights, you know, the big round yeah, dumbbell yeah, yeah. on the end that you raise above your head. Oh, and, and, and for fancy times, I got my straw hat. And, and you got uh, the, do, you, do you talk oldie timey? Yeah, why not? You get Do you get to crimes by riding a bicycle with a gigantic <laughs> <Huge> wheel? wheel. <laughs> oh, we've had too much soda, and I think we should end this episode. Yeah, I'm crashing. Yep, so don't forget, everyone, head over to the Major Spoilers website. Uh, you uh, can check us out, Majorspoilers.com. Please tell all your friends. If you have a question or comment, you can contact us at podcast at Majorspoilers.com. And please get involved in the Major Spoilers forum. You can find a link to the front page at uh, Majorspoilers.com, and we will see you next time. Stop talking about comic books or I'll kill you. I don't care if the Hulk could defeat the Man of Steel.